I tend to drop them. For whatever reason, whenever I get a cupcake at Disney World, and I haven't had one there in years, but whenever I get one, I drop it. Sometimes I drop it in the container. Sometimes I drop it right after taking it out of the container. One time I dropped it on the living room carpet of the resort, and while I think the icing was green when it fell, for some reason the next morning that stain was bright orange. Hi, and welcome to the Solving Type 2 Diabetes Podcast. I'm Tom, and I'll be your host as I share what I'm doing in my daily life to solve my type 2 diabetes. Listen in as I share the food, movement, and tools that I'm using each day. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. For a full transcript or to follow the Solving Type 2 Diabetes Podcast on social media, please head over to SolvingType2Diabetes.com for all those links and more. Now, on to the show. Well, thank you for joining me here again for another episode of the Solving Type 2 Diabetes Podcast. It has been a couple of weeks, and for those of you who don't know, we have moved, well, I have moved to a bi-weekly episode schedule here in our second year. We are beginning our second year now. It's been, I guess, about 13 months since we got started. Well, 12 and a half. But anyway, we're technically into our second year. And I decided to go to a bi-weekly episode schedule and see how that works. So I hope that's working for you. It works, I think, better for my schedule, at least for, for the time being. Who knows what, what the future will bring. But uh, let me know. Let me know how this uh, schedule is going for you. So my past two weeks, I've gotten in several good walks. The weather's cooling down just a little bit. Uh, It's ranged from the mid-80s to the high 70s for daytime's highs here in the past two weeks, and I've gotten in some good walks. I've been enjoying the rail trail. I've been going both directions, leaving out of Colebrook and enjoying the Lebanon Valley Rail Trail, and I've also gotten in some walks around the local neighborhood. So it's been a really good two weeks for that. It has now been three weeks since my last dose of Monjaro. Just to bring you up to speed, if you didn't hear previously, my insurance company has denied the refill of my Monjaro because, ironically, the Monjaro was doing a great job and it had lowered my A1C down below the diabetic range. So in their wisdom, they said that I no longer need the medication. Well, we will see how that goes for sure. It's been a full three weeks since my last dose. Wednesday, two days after this episode is released, will actually be four weeks, 28 days. But so far, what changes do I notice? Definitely, I have a stronger appetite. I think that was the first thing that I noticed that came back. I don't easily get bored or tired with eating. I, I could easily, I think, move back into some of my old habits. So that's something that's definitely going to be something I have to pay attention to. The hunger is definitely back, like it was previously. And one thing that's surprising is my A1C has not really started rising that much yet. Over the past 14 days, I've averaged 117. Now, certainly, at least in the beginning of that 14-day period, there was certainly some Manjaro 
left in my system. It has about a five-day half-life. So even after 10 days, there's still about 25% uh, of the dose in my system, which would give it about 2 milligrams. And I, I, I don't know how much the A1C uh, is still being affected by the Manjaro, but we'll certainly see as that goes on. I think here two weeks from now for the next episode, it will be completely out of my system. And I will happily report on that on the next episode. But like I said, the hunger is definitely back, so i got to watch that. got to keep control on that. Now, hopefully I've learned something over the past year or so when things have been going well. And I have to remind myself that I did lose half of my excess fat prior to starting Manjaro. So it's not that Manjaro itself is the only thing I have to pin on success, but it does make it easier. That's obvious. It definitely does make it easier. It's easier for me personally when I don't even have to think about food, when I'm not really at all hungry. That was a different feeling from what I'm experiencing now. So I was on the Manjaro for about nine months total. And obviously I was years and years and years without it. And now I'm without it once again. So it'll be interesting to keep you posted on how that's going and how I'm progressing with that. I do have a doctor's appointment actually the day after this comes out. So on Tuesday, I have my next regularly scheduled doctor's appointment. I did my blood work for that last week. So I'll have a brand new official doctor's office 90-day A1C to go over. And like I said, the last two weeks, my average glucose was 117. We'll see what the A1C says, which is, of course, a 90-day reading from the blood work. I will share that with you as well. Right now, let's take a look at the news. I have five articles. There were so many, I had a hard time narrowing it down to four. I usually have four. But this time I have five, and that's because, well, we went two weeks. So... That might be the new format. Who knows? Anyway, let's take a look at this first one. And it is about a TV chef and a company called Smarter Naturally. It says, TV chef Theo Michaels teams up with Smarter Naturally to launch free online cooking series creating delicious type 2 diabetes-friendly meals. Now, this is great. This is something that is of no cost. It's on the Smarter Naturally's website. The link will be in the show notes, of course, as all the links to the news articles are always in the show notes. But it's trying to combine some science and some nutrition and some really tasty foods. And we'll see how this goes. You can check out the recipes. You can check it for yourself, see how that, maybe it's something you might like. And the recipes are free. Now, it does involve a product they sell called Smarter Naturally Soup. So here's some of the recipes. They, talk, they have a smoked haddock with cheddar broccoli sauce. And that takes some of this Smarter Naturally Soup. And you can look into that, see if you like that for yourself. But there's all different kinds of meals here. Thai-style, green curry. And it all takes one packet of these soups. Indonesia-style laksa. Ooh, that looks good. Looks like a lot of vegetables. But anyway, oh, it has shrimp. So anyway, check out these recipes. Check out this website if you're into that type of thing. It does have a product that they sell. 
but it is a Smarter Naturally new super soup. So I've never tried that. I've obviously have no connection with them, but I thought it was an interesting option if you would like to try something new in maybe your meal planning and your meal prep. Now here's another one. Again, has to do with eating, but this time it's eating very, very little. It says Dr. Mosley, Dr. Michael Mosley, backs 800 calorie NHS, that's the British National Health Service diet that could reverse type 2 diabetes. So when I saw reverse type 2 diabetes, that obviously took my attention. And I do know that for me anyway, it's my firm belief that lifestyle, your food and your movement can go a long way towards removing the symptoms of type 2 diabetes. But here they're advocating very fast 800 diet. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's soups and shakes. And basically it's not natural food, but they're saying that it's very effective. This, and this is, by the way, doctor monitored. I don't think they would recommend using something that only has 800 calories per day without monitoring by a doctor. But they did this for 12 weeks, and they say, they claim, I don't know that they have proof, but they claim that it can reduce or remove some of the symptoms of type 2 diabetes, naming, namely a dramatic uh, reduction in your blood sugar levels. Now, I personally can't advocate 800 calories. I myself, and I'm a guy six foot tall, about 190, 195 uh, pounds as far as my weight goes, and I eat close to 2,000, 2,200 calories a day, uh, sometimes more, but usually get in 2,000 calories a day without fail. So to eat 800 calories a day, even while I was losing fat, before the Manjaro or on the Manjaro, I would never consider only having 800 calories a day. But here's this uh, medical doctor, and again, they're selling something here. They're selling shakes and soups and things like that. Uh, that's to me, again, my opinion, I'm not a doctor, not a nutritionist, but to me that seems very dramatic. Um, and yeah, starvation, would that reduce blood sugar? Yeah, I guess it would. But does it do good for you long-term overall? I'm not sure about that. So really look at the article, but proceed with caution. Now, this one is about kids, type 2 diabetes in kids. This one says, Mayo Clinic Minute, prevention is key to reducing type 2 diabetes in kids. Now, I think this is good common sense here. And it says that lifestyle changes, and it's a video here. It's only a one-minute video. I think Mayo Clinic puts these out a lot. They're called the Mayo Clinic Minute. But it's a quick one-minute video that you can watch. And it basically says that the earlier you can introduce good eating habits into children, the earlier you can help them to maintain a healthy weight that allows them to grow and allows them to be active, that that goes a long way to preventing them from ever getting type 2 diabetes. Or if they do get it, it certainly prolongs them. But it's, again, it's a very easy artic uh, article and uh, video to watch and read. Uh, so that this one, I think, is good. It has good common sense. And it simply is talking about uh, taking proactive steps early uh, to keep our kids out of the 
disease pathway of uh, type 2 diabetes because for many, many, many people, it is the habits that start when they're kids and they're young adults that lead them into type 2 diabetes later on. Unfortunately, many, many kids nowadays are getting type 2 diabetes and tons of them with prediabetes while they're still children. It, it's dramatic. Uh, they say 40 years ago it would have been impossible to find a teenager with type 2 diabetes and now they're all over the place. So something to consider. But that's a, that's a good article. Check that one out. Mayo Clinic Minute. All about prevention. This next article here might be a helpful tip for us. It says staying up late may put you at greater risk of diabetes. And this is from a new study they have. Brigham and Women's Hospital found that people who naturally prefer to stay up late are more likely to have poor lifestyle habits. And those people are more likely to get into type 2 diabetes. And this was a study done with nurses. And it says people who stay up late naturally are more likely to have unhealthy diets, exercise less, have a higher body mass index, sleep less overall, and also tend higher than the general population to smoke cigarettes. All of those things we know are not really good for you. But they seem to have a 19% increase risk after adjusting for all other factors simply by staying up late at night. So early to bed, early to rise makes one, what is it? What the guys say? Healthy, wealthy, and wise. So I think I'm going to bed a little bit earlier tonight. But that's a good article. has uh, some good tips for you on maybe getting to bed a little bit earlier and maybe avoid some of those unhealthy lifestyle choices. And that's what it comes from. It's not necessarily, they haven't proven that the simple act of staying up late, it's when you stay up late, you tend to get less sleep, you tend to therefore be tired and maybe a little grumpy, you tend to eat more to try and soothe that, you're too tired to exercise. It just leads to a whole stem of things that aren't good for you. So check that one out. All right, this last one here, we're zipping through these pretty quick, so having five, I guess, is not a problem. Let me know. Let me know what you think about. Do I do too much news? Do I do too little news? Let me know what you think about that. But this last one, and we'll stop it with this one, metformin linked to lower risk for osteoarthritis. Now, this is interesting. Nobody wants arthritis. And it says here that metformin for type 2 diabetes may offer protection against developing osteoarthritis compared to taking a sulfonylurea such as glipizide or glipapyride, medication names, who comes up with these things? Anyway, it was a study done in JAMA, and it says that while metformin is considered the first-line prescription drug against type 2 diabetes, they did a study of people taking type 2 diabetes versus other type 2 diabetes medications, taking them at metformin for the type 2 diabetes versus other medications for type 2 diabetes. And they said that they found much fewer cases of osteoarthritis, 24% less likely to develop osteoarthritis than those with type 2 diabetes not taking metformin. Now, they haven't come up with a reason for this or what the correlation is, but they have a study here that's showing a 24% reduction in the chance of getting osteoarthritis if you have type 2 diabetes and you're taking metformin compared to if you have type 2 diabetes and are taking something else or not taking any drugs whatsoever. So, good old formin, been around forever, 
And it is one of the very first drugs typically that doctors prescribe to you if you have type 2 diabetes, and it seems to have another benefit. So that's something interesting to check out. Well, that was the news. Let's take a look at the main topic for this week. And I'm going to Walt Disney World here at the end of this work week. I'm, I'm going to be celebrating my 60th birthday. Yay. And a bunch of us are gathering, kids, grandkids, my wife. A bunch of us are all going to be gathering down in Walt Disney World to celebrate my 60th birthday. And so I'm going to talk a minute here about enjoying Walt Disney World or any type of vacation. We're going out, going to be eating a lot restaurants, things like that, and doing that with type 2 diabetes. How you can still enjoy yourself while you're taking care of yourself with regards to that diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. Now the big thing I do, and I talk about this a lot, I even do this a little bit when I go on a cruise, but I plan on grocery shopping and cooking in addition to when we are out at restaurants. Now, we certainly will be going to restaurants. We probably eat out every day, at least one meal. But the balance, we want to either buy easy-to-prepare food or cook in the room. And again, we're going to be staying in a, in, a, in a really nice villa at Disney Vacation Club. We're going to Saratoga Springs Resort in Walt Disney World, and we're going to have a full kitchen there pots, pans, dishes, cooking utensils, things like that. And we're going to do some grocery shopping. I'm actually going to have a car down there. So if you don't have a car down there, that's fine too. Instacart works just fine. They have various grocery delivery services at Disney World that work just fine. They even have a little store at most of their deluxe deluxe, uh, resorts and you can buy things in those. But, you know, we're going to have a car, so I'm going to be going to the Publix. And I'm going to be getting food that I know that works for me. So meats, cheeses, uh, stuff to make salads. We're going to be making some, uh, most likely a pot roast of some sort. And uh, food that I know works well for me. Also food that's going to be there for other people. So I'm going to take some of my supplements for when maybe they're making something that I don't want to eat too much of. I'll take some protein shakes and bars and things like that. When they're having snacks, maybe a cupcake. Sometimes I ask my kids about my experience with cupcakes down there. I'll give you a hint. I tend to drop them. For whatever reason, whenever I get a cupcake at Disney World, and I haven't had one there in years, but whenever I get one, I drop it. Sometimes I drop it in the container. Sometimes I drop it right after taking it out of the container. One time I dropped it on the living room carpet of the resort, and... While I think the icing was green when it fell, for some reason the next morning that stain was bright orange. So I don't know what they put in that icing or how it reacts with the carpet, but we tried to clean up the best we could, but I I couldn't get it all, and I did leave a nice tip for housekeeping, so hopefully that helped. They didn't kick me out of Walt Disney World or anything, so that's good. But when they have their cupcakes or their other treats, I might have a protein bar or, or something else like that one of my Quest peanut butter cups or something. But anyway, I'm going to be getting groceries. And that, I think, is about the number one thing you can do is try to eat normally, if at all possible. Now, obviously, I'm going to be getting in movement down there. We'll be down for a week, 
and for the days we're going to the theme parks. So I'll be getting in tons of walking those days. Never have any difficulty getting in 10,000 steps when you're in a theme park all day, chasing grandkids, things like that. But even on the days when we don't go to a theme park, I'm going to get in very good walks. And I know a trail at that resort, walking around the lake. It'll be very easy to get in several miles, even on days when we don't go to the theme parks. But we will be eating out in restaurants. And there are good options at the restaurant, even in the parks. As you're walking down, they have what they call quick service. Nowadays, in most of the quick service establishments, and you can certainly find them in each of the theme parks, are fresh fruit stands or quick service places that offer salads and things like that. They have turkey legs. One of my daughters absolutely loves the turkey legs. They have other good options there. You can get the hamburger, maybe without the bun. Or maybe you do not get the fries, and instead you get apple slices. There's lots of good choices. Go to a nice sit-down restaurant. Have a fabulous steak. Make it a, a great celebration dinner. You can have vegetables and meat and things like that every day at Disney. And honestly, it really doesn't cost all that much more than an $18 hamburger. So, you know, have good food. If you're going to be there, have some good celebration food. Uh, it doesn't have to be all French fries and chicken tenders. And we've done that in the past, too. Uh, one of my daughters, when she was very young, the only thing she would eat was chicken tenders and French fries. At least that's what it seemed like to me. But you don't have to eat that way. You can have good, healthy food, good options, whether you're eating in a sit-down restaurant, a quick-service restaurant, you're grabbing food from a food cart. There's one place now in Magic Kingdom that is right down by the Haunted Mansion and Liberty Square, and it has all types of fresh fruits available. It has corn cooked corn on the cob. It has uh, various different things. It has turkey legs. I think I mentioned those already, but lots of good options. Just plan a little bit ahead of time. Do just a little bit of Disney research or wherever you're going. It doesn't have to be necessarily Disney. Same options are available at Universal or many of these other types of theme parks where you go to for several days in a row. But search out the good options. That's what I plan on doing. And I'm going to let you know in a couple weeks here, the next episode, how that went. In fact, the next episode I'll be recording, I think, the last day that we're at Disney. So I'll let you know how that trip went. I will be 60 officially for that episode. And we'll let you know how things are going. But you can enjoy Walt Disney World while you have type 2 diabetes and you're taking care of yourself. All right, let's take a look at your questions. And we actually did get in two questions, well, comments and questions, this week. And the first is from Claudia. And Claudia says, Hi, Tom. Glad to hear you are back to posting new content. Wow, I, I, just taking an editorial pause here. But a couple of people have mentioned the fact that they're glad I was back. I only was away for two weeks, but hopefully... Uh, everybody's okay with that. Anyway, let me finish here. Claudia says, Glad to hear you're back to posting new content. I thought I'd share a couple of episodes that were aired on ologies. And ologies is in quote, O-L-O-G-I-E-S. A podcast that covers studies in every subject matter you can think of. 
In this case, they dove deep into diabetes. And as much as it is covering the basics, it also does throw in some lesser known bits of information as well as the newest technology and medication options. I thought your listeners might benefit from a listen. Hope you're doing well, Claudia. Well, thank you, Claudia. Thank you very much for writing in. So, ologies. Okay, folks, if you have room in your schedule for another podcast, maybe since this one's only bi-weekly now, check out ologies on Claudia's recommendations. Now, I have to tell you, I have not listened to that podcast. This is the first I'm hearing of it. But you might be ready for a new podcast, a different podcast. So check out ologies. Thank you very much for that, Claudia. All right, this next letter is from Kathy. Kathy writes in, Hi, Tom. Welcome back from vacation. Well, thank you very much. You were missed for the two weeks your new podcasts were on pause. Although the risks diabetes presents to the heart, kidneys, liver, and extremities are discussed frequently, there's little discussion about the effects of diabetes on your oral health. Do you take any special precautions when it comes to caring for your teeth? Have you had any oral symptoms that you link to diabetes? Have you noticed any positive or negative changes in your oral health since you have implemented changes in medication and or lifestyle since you've been on your journey to manage your type 2 diabetes? Thanks for putting out the show and the information you provide. The show is my Monday morning walking companion, Kathy. Well, thank you very much, Kathy. I hope you're enjoying your walks as much as I enjoy my walks. So, to answer your questions, I have never heard of oral complications due to type 2 diabetes, but let's think about it. So, type 2 diabetes can obviously affect blood flow. It basically can destroy the capillaries. So, that might mean, because I honestly have never heard about this, and I even Googled it a little bit since receiving your question, and really didn't come up with too much. But maybe the capillary destruction from having long-term high blood sugar can uh, somehow impact your teeth or your gums. Uh, but anyway, to answer your question, no, I have not noticed anything like that. I really, I guess, have pretty good teeth, I guess. I had some cavities, I think, in my youth. But I'm trying to think back the last time I actually had one as an adult and about to hit 60 here this week and no I, I don't really have any problems with that I do go to the dentist twice a year uh, well honestly with scheduling with my dentist it's tough it's about every seven months but no I haven't noticed any issues at all really in the last I'm gonna say 10-15 years that I can think back that far so I'm gonna say no I'm gonna say no that I haven't had any positive or negative changes my teeth or gums or anything in that area but that's something to think about I'm gonna maybe do a little bit more research if someone else knows of something on that please write in now Claudia and Kathy wrote in and I appreciate that thank you Kathy thank you Claudia and if you would like to write in there's two easy ways to do it the first is just send me an email send an email to Tom at solving type 2 diabetes dot com and that's my direct email address. Shoot me an email, and I'd appreciate that. The other way is go over to the website, solvingtype2diabetes.com, click on Feedback, and then just fill out that little form, and that comes to me right in an email as well. 
Two ways. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know about this biweekly format, how that's working for you. I hire Claudia. I think she said she missed me after two weeks. And Kathy said the same. And I'm Kathy's walking companion on Mondays, but now it's going to be every other Monday. So how does it affect you? I hope it's not too negative. I honestly, if, if I hear a lot from people, I might go back to once a week, but this does work out for my schedule pretty well. So it would have to be a, a loud clamoring to go back to the once a week. But that's an option you have. Let me know. Uh, let me know about possible topics to talk about in the future. Let me know questions you have, anything like that. Be very happy to hear from you. So what is next? What is our next topic? Well, like I mentioned earlier, it's been three weeks since my last dosage of Manjaro, and I do have a doctor's appointment here in two days. And by the time I record the next episode, it'll be five weeks. So by that time, the Manjaro will be out of my system. And I am taking no other medication currently for my type 2 diabetes. So I'm going to let you know how it goes with the doctor. I'm going to let you know how it's been going without Manjaro for, at that point, five weeks. And that's going to be the main topic that I'd like to talk about next time. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Solving Type 2 Diabetes podcast. I hope you found it valuable. Please follow and leave a five-star review as it helps other people find the podcast. By subscribing, you ensure you won't miss the next episode. You can always get a full transcript of the episode at SolvingType2Diabetes.com. There, you will also find the links to leave feedback and links to follow on social media. I'm very interested in hearing from you with comments and suggestions. Thanks very much for listening. Please remember that everything I share is just from my own personal experience and should not be taken as medical or health advice. Please consult your own medical professionals. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only.